Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY and you can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob and I am Fudefan on Instagram and on Twitter and I have a blog at fudefan.com. And this is, I believe, episode 61. Thank you all so much. We have a website at tokyoinklings.com where you can comment on um, each episode. We do have show notes for all of the episodes. They have hashtags uh, on them, or rather just tags, I suppose. Um, so you can find topics easily. And we also have an Instagram account at Tokyo Inklings on Instagram, where we post a little preview snippet uh, before every episode, and you can also leave us comments there. Yeah, and I think we will have some unusually interesting show notes this time, so it's definitely worth going to the website. And also, for the previous episode, there was an interesting discussion going on there, so you can go to the website and see the comments thread. Yes. So... Um, we spoke, uh, it was the spiciest episode ever last episode. Um, and indeed the, the conversation got, got a little, um, I guess heated, uh, towards the end of the episode. And we did get a lot of, I mean, I got a lot of feedback, uh, about that. Jake, I'm not sure if you, you got some, um, people, you know, sending you comments about that. No, I didn't hear much, but I wasn't really that much <laughs> taking part of the debate toward <laughs> end. I was just enjoying what what was basically like a cable news show. <laughs> like CNN. Yeah, a- a- um, angry talking heads. That was what I, I was enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I actually happen to think that, you know, we had a pretty good discussion. Mm. And... Um, and I will say we were also pressed for time because, you know, we had something else mm. uh, right after that. So, you know, we're all trying to say our stuff. But overall, I thought that, um, you know, it was a good episode. Mm. Uh, we had good content. We wouldn't publish it if we didn't think it was uh, it was appropriate mm. to publish. So so we, we personally thought that was a very good episode. and know that people have different opinions um, on also the subject matter of, of what we discussed. We're not going to repeat the story here, so if you want to find out what we, we said, got to go back and listen to the last episode. But we do have some follow-up. Yes, for sure. So, um, so Jiggle, you and I, we've been laughing about this for, for two weeks. Um, but Yeah, um, yeah, so as expected, you know, people were discussing your article in like, social media. There were threads on... Uh, FPN and uh, I think probably Facebook. Well, I didn't see that, but also on uh, Reddit, right? And yeah, and there was a particularly interesting thread on Reddit. Someone asked, someone asked, what about Vonchers glass pens? So not the glass nibbed fountain pens that we have established are you know made in Taiwan, but the more traditional glass pens, the so-called Kunisaki glass pens is there anything going on there or is that just like right like, is there anything is, is there a story there and someone i want to get the name right i think that's sincerely spicy i think that's the the username uh <laughs> someone named sincerely spicy replied and said um i did a little bit of research and uh, it looks like it's made in japan uh, in fact there's this online store something called Capic, uh selling it I think even seems to be made in Oita Prefecture, where also where Wancher is based, Oita Prefecture. Uh, it's quite cheap though; it's just like f- like five thousand yen, um, which is like one fourth of one fifth of you know Wancher's price. But but that was not the interesting thing. What what the interesting thing is that this uh, sincerely spicy person said, it looks like I mean it, if I if I understand this correctly. It looks like this has something to do with a prison, and, and but then the caveat was they didn't really understand what was going on. So we started looking into this a little bit closer, right? Uh, and we have had 
quite a bit of fun doing this. Uh, we've been discussing back and forth online over the last week in particular. So um, there is a prison in uh, Oit- wait, wait, sorry, wait. Yeah. Um, so so before before we get into the story, um, you know, as you said, uh, sincerely spicy uh, did in fact uh, comment on this reddit post and um i i originally thought that the the question was about the the glass dip pens but he said no it's about the actual uh, glass pen glass pens yeah. and, and i hadn't known anything about these you know mm. glass pens um and i i think you neither had a- any experience with this right you didn't you didn't you know engage i mean we don't really engage with launcher Right. Well, I know I've seen it on Instagram. I know people who have bought it, but I hadn't really looked too closely at yeah. you know, the glass pen. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, so, um, so the sincerely spicy person says, "Well, I've bought one from Wancher before," mm. and um, and then so they didn't, um, they bought one from Wancher, and they didn't, uh know too much about it so then they did that extra research mm. and then did find um did find this uh you know as you said um five thousand yen or less um um i guess prison labor uh glass pen and so they actually sent me a picture mm. they they sent me a picture of of the packaging um and the reason why we kind of got into you know, this further research is because the packaging actually looks exactly the same as the ones that are sold by the prison. And then on the back, they have a little label, mm. uh, you know, the price tag, mm. right? Where they rip off the price tag, but you can still, you know, sometimes when you rip off the price tag, the tag, the sticky part is still on the box, mm. right? So then they they stuck another like blank tag over this ripped off price tag right and uh sincerely spicy um they they you know wanted to see what was underneath and they found this ripped price tag Mm. and they did share pictures with me and and i think that's how we really got into hey is there something going on here because those pens look really really suspiciously similar yeah so the pens look very similar even that little glass pillow or whatever you call it yep. looks the same and then as you said the packaging i think launch's packaging has changed since then but but their original packaging looked remarkably similar right so we try to understand what is you know prison link was about and it turns out that there's this program called capic c-a-p-i-c which stands for correctional association prison industry corporation which is uh, a which is basically a program where inmates at prisons, they use their skills to uh, make various goods that are sold actually to the general public. So you can buy these prison uh, products online. There's this eCapic uh, online store and there are even brick and mortar stores when you can buy these, um, these products made by inmates. And the idea is that the inmates prepare for you know, life after prison and acquire you know, skills. And also some of the profits apparently go to some uh, crime victim uh, funds. So I mean, it, it's a good program, uh, I guess. But what we were interested in is, of course, is the question whether whether Wancher's glass pens are indeed the very same glass pens. So if you go to Wancher's website, um, they have now, it may have been even a, uh, in response to your article, but they have a, a, a page dedicated to, you know, the various artisans that they say that they are working with, you know, Urushi artists in, in Asia and so on. But then there's one section about the glass pens. And in this section about the glass pens, they say, please note that we do not publish information and pictures of Kunisaki glass pen Kunisaki glass artisans per their personal requests. So they don't say where they're made. However, they do say on the product page that the Kunisaki glass pens are made by experienced experienced glass masters or glass pen masters, right? So the question is how you find that 
link. So I, I asked them, <laughs> as I do. I asked them you did. first on their Japanese uh, Instagram account. Uh, my question was basically, are these Kunisake glass pens made in Oita prison? And there was no response. So a bit later, I asked on their English Instagram account, basically the same question with a bit more details. You know, Are these glass pens made by inmates at uh, this prison in Oita prefecture, where Wanger is also located, right? And there was no response. So a few days later, I asked them on Twitter and at, and they didn't reply on Twitter, but, but then at that point, they finally responded on Instagram. So first they responded on their English account. And on the English account, they say, they said, thank you for your query. No, Wanshir Kunisake glass pens are not made by dimension craftsmen. There are several people in Oita who practice, who practice this technique for a long time which explains similar style, right? So they are denying it on their English account. But then here's where it gets really weird. On their Japanese account, they say, I translated, thank you for your questions. Uh, we we cannot answer your question because we, we, uh, we cannot reveal the identity of the artisans. So my question is to them is, uh, are these glass pens made by inmates at Oita prison? And their answer to that question is, we cannot answer it because we cannot reveal the identity. So here in Japanese, they yep. don't deny it. So, so this is uh, this is the crux of, you know, my my article because I don't know if you, I think you saw it, right? They, they've since Wantra has not responded directly to the article mm. but they did send out a a newsletter mm. to their subscribers saying oh our pens are made by Tayashikiten mm. um, and you know they have a profile of Mr. Mr. Taya on the website so they are claiming that their Urushi is you know made, made in Japan basically mm. so basically they're denying what I wrote mm. on on the article, which which is fine, um, and you know, I might be wrong, right? It that might be the truth, mm. uh, and for sure I'll have to follow up with Tayashikiten to to ask them, you know, mm. uh, what is their involvement? Because I do see a Wanchu pen on their website, but you know, it it says on the website it says uh, this product was born, you know, with with Wancher. It doesn't necessarily say that you know we made it, mm. um, and there's no artist signature which is quite common in japan um there's no seal of authentication which is quite common in japan um and the i think it's the surrounding um surrounding stuff right where they they claimed various things which are after the fact you know proven not true so for example their connection with pensachi and all of this actually works to um it damages their credibility. So even if they're saying something that is true, it's more difficult to believe because of all the other things that are happening around it. So when they tell you, you know, no, they're not made by the prisoners, mm. that is the credibility of that statement is then damaged by on their Japanese website, replying to the same account. Right, yeah. they're replying to to one account at Fude Fan, so they're saying, "Oh, we can't answer that question." Yeah. But th these are not the same statements; they're, they're not the same things. Mm. And then when you put these kind of statements out to the public, one of them might be true, right? One of the statements might be true. Mm. We don't know which one, but it raises question marks on all the other things that you want to say. Yeah, for sure. So, so just to close out this thing about the glass pen, so I just to you know explore the option that they are not made in the prison and that there are other you know glass makers in um, Oita Prefecture in um, Kunisaki. I did some research and I could only find online like mention of two 
glass studios glass artisans in Oita. Now it may well be that there are you know glass artists that have zero online presence. So I mean I, I realize that, but, but I found two in my research, and neither advertised, sold, or had any mention whatsoever of glass pens. Yep. And the last thing I would say is that I have now ordered through this hometown tax program, which I mentioned a few times, I've ordered two of these Capic glass pens. I'm looking forward to taking a closer look and, and see how uh, similar they are. But we, yeah, we do need a Kunisaki glass pen to compare it to. Yeah, so I think that's uh, that's up to me, right? Up to you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll do that after we record today. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy, crazy few weeks. Mm. But yeah, we'll we'll get them in and we'll we'll compare yeah. the two. But as it stands now, um, very suspicious. And I think you know th- there's nothing wrong with you know helping convicts reintegrate into society. I I think that's actually very noble. But they are, if it's true, right? If they are using the prisoner labor work, they're taking something that's sold for forty dollars and then selling it for like two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. Mm. And I do feel like that's an that's almost no, not almost that that's the exploitation of of say cheap labor right and and none of this none of the profits I, i'm assuming go back to the prisoners so yeah it's hard well, to say as usual yeah. you know it's shrouded in the mystery and it may well be that they are right that there is just a, a coincidence it seemed to be a remarkable coincidence but yeah it could be a coincidence and we'll, we'll compare them and see what we find but about what, what i would say you know to your point it, I mean, it is, you know, this Capic is fundamentally an, like a good idea. And if they are selling these Capic pens, it's a lost opportunity to make to make something good out of that, to say that we are helping, you know, yep. the community, you know, crime victims, yep. etc. Right. Yeah. And, and I do wish that it was a collaboration, if, if, it, if it's true. Mm. So we'll, we'll, we'll probably come back to this... Um, in a few, I guess, weeks. Yeah, and we will also put some links uh, in the show notes to our findings, and then the listeners can see, then judge for themselves, and maybe help us with the research. I personally would be quite okay uh, if Wancher wanted to come on the podcast and do a kind of um, interview with us, maybe clear the air. Uh, we we did that with with Narwhal. And, you know, since we're discussing them, I think if they wanted or are willing to, to come on, uh, I think that would be a good opportunity for us to really discover what's going on um, behind their businesses. Yeah, we should. And answer some of the, the mysteries. Yeah. So so if anybody from Wancher is listening and, and you want to address these concerns directly, um, you know, we, we welcome you to come on the podcast. You know where to find us if you listen to the opening. Next uh, next topic. So we discussed about this um, Platinum 3776 decade yeah. in, a, I think, f- almost a month ago, right? When they when they first announced it uh, with this new nib. Yeah, that was before the spicy episode. Yep, <laughs> yep. yep. Um, all right, so back to the decade. Um, so, so we talked about it a few weeks ago, and you actually went out and bought one. Yes, so I b- bought one, uh, not for myself, but a, a friend asked me uh, to to buy one for them. Uh, but I got a chance to, to look at it uh, and try it out. And there are a few things worth worth mentioning. So, first of all, uh, the feed is actually the same maybe that's not too surprising but the the feed in the new pen is exactly the same as in like the regular non non music feed and uh, I, I was kind of hoping that they would make a less brittle feed uh, but maybe that was not the priority 
The other thing is that, as we said, you know, the, the the profile of the nib is different. It's more like slender. You don't have these you know, wide shoulders, as we talked about. And the effect, the net effect of that is that you get a little bit, a little bit more bounce. Like when you, when you press, when you press down a bit, you know, the the tines kind of lift up a bit. They don't separate, so you don't get much in a way of like line variation. Just a subtle, subtle little you know, bounce, right? That's that's it. I think it's definitely more subtle than the soft nib which is in itself already subtle and but i think the the, um, the way they achieve it is different right because this soft nib is just thinner right it's thinner toward uh, the tint and, and the, the the tipping right while this one i don't i don't i mean just, i just looked at it i haven't compared like up close but it looks like it's just as you know thick as the the, the, the standard nib so the, the effect is very subtle um which makes me think that the goal is not to change the writing experience, but rather to save some money. While at the same time being able to say that our nibs are now more bouncy, which might be beneficial. And I also remember hearing, uh, maybe you remember this as well, I remember hearing that the soft nibs are relatively difficult to make because they're so thin. I've not actually heard that before, but... Um, that wouldn't surprise me if there's some consistency issues mm. uh, with with the soft nib. Um, anyway, the tester soft nibs are always softer because I guess they're abused um, at the store mm. by by potential customers. Yeah. What I found is that the soft nibs at stores are always like they're like flex nibs, you know. Mm. Um, but then if you get one that's brand new in box those are are still kind of stiff so so exactly what you described mm. um and then you know it's interesting you say they've kind of shaved down the shoulders mm. a little bit to make it bouncy so usually that makes that gives it more spread so i don't know what exactly they've done there but it seems to me that you know they they might be experimenting with uh i think we talked about before reducing the amount of gold mm. Yeah, that's definitely that a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you do you think it's uh, comparable to a pilot nib in terms of the bounciness? No, no, definitely not. It, it's. F- What's the difference? Well, a pilot soft nib is definitely it's more noticeably softer. Like when you press down, it it it, it lifts up more. I mean, it's the feeling is quite different, right? I, here is so subtle that I'm not even sure I would be able to to tell them apart in like a standard platinum nib and a new nib in a blind test. But what about a the new platinum nib versus a regular pilot nib? Because the regular pilot mm. nib does also have some somewhat of a bounce. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they are similar. Maybe they are similar. But basically, don't buy this nib and expect like a pilot uh, Falcon nib. It's not nothing, nothing oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> so, yeah, other than sure. the nib, the other thing I wanted to mention is the ink. And I think I just briefly mentioned that last time, but I confirmed it now that it's a super sheen, sheener ink. Which I think is a really interesting choice for two reasons. I mean, first of all, there was a little bit of a sheen boom even in Japan. I don't think that's really going on anymore. Not in Japan, not anywhere, really. I think that's sort of over. I, I could be wrong. I, I'm I'm not really a, a numa, but uh, I get the feeling that this is not really you know what people are looking for right now. And the other thing is, of course, that this is a very conservative pen like it's a black gathered uh, design that's sort of reminiscent of the old like 70s gathered 3776 designs right so you have a very conservative pen with a super sheening ink I'm, <laughs> the combination uh, baffles me and um when you went out to Marizen, they actually told you that it was very very popular right they said it was popular and i've seen since then that it sold out at amioko yodabashi hachimonja kingdom note i think even pentonote is sold out now at least they sold out of the medium nib so this one is selling quite well <laughs> at least in japan i'm not sure if it's available anywhere else now but in japan it seems quite popular 
which is which is really interesting because um i'm i'm you know on social media nowadays and just now are places like nagasawa um like uh you know shosaikan just now are they kind of advertising this pen mm. and you know the the ones that the the names that you mentioned just mm. now Hachimonji is probably the one that surprises me the most. Yes. Uh, I would not have expected it to to sell, but probably they didn't get a lot of pens, right? Mm. They probably didn't get like a huge number of um of these. So, it would make sense if they sold out if they only had 3, for example. Mm. Um but I I I know that, you know, Pentanota I've been seeing um a lot of ads for that. Um and yeah, again, I wouldn't be surprised if it sold out at a place like Shosaikan. because they're really more for the high end mm. um, kind of older customer whereas i would be pretty surprised if for example bungabox got any end and could sell out of those and that would not surprise me i mean you, you seem to think that bungabox is for like numas i whenever i go to bungabox admittedly it's not that often i mostly see this like a wagner oyagis there yeah but i mean doesn't really fulfill their niche and you know they they have the sailor 110th and you know they haven't been able to sell that mm. either um the matador red they haven't been able to sell out of that yet so you know just because it's an anniversary edition i don't think it means people are buying from there and um and yeah i i've seen now like ink house hong kong is getting them in muse is getting them in so i think um globally they are becoming available mm. now uh and we'll see how popular they are outside of Japan but it seems like they have a they have a stronger than expected um reception in Japan so far yeah i'm not sure yeah i agree i wonder how much that has to do with you know the pen and the nib and how much it has to do with the fact that it's a significant anniversary because if you combine if you compare to that uh, matador red pen that you that you mentioned that is a limited editions but everyone is selling limited editions nowadays so there are unlimited limited editions right yeah. that's not a thing anymore you don't you can't go chase limited editions because there's too many of them but if you are a platinum fan or if you are a pilot fan there are a few significant anniversaries that you may be interested in and you may want to get the pen for that particular anniversary regardless of what kind of pen that actually is Yeah and, and we do see that with for example the the pilot anniversaries right like they are generally quite conservative but they sell it all the time people who just collect pilot they just want it because it's the anniversary pen yeah yeah although i do still think it's weird to celebrate your 10th anniversary on the 11th year yeah i wonder if, yeah i wonder if there's a the story there we have to ask someone i'm not even sure who to ask Yeah. Actually maybe Morrison um, might know. He he has his <laughs> platinum contacts. Yeah. That's true and and I should actually go out to visit platinum sometimes. They're they're not far from where I live. Mm. One more thing before I forget it. So uh mm-hmm. I think I may have misunderstood in the past or or maybe this has changed, but I was under the impression that they would roll out this new nib to other platinum pens including the Wagner pen. this year already but i was told now by uh, tomoko that that is actually not the case at least not this year's wagner pen or at least not the first wagner pen this year they w- won't have this new nib but it's coming she said it's mm. coming uh, next year and tomoko by the way is the owner of liktop yes exactly yeah. yeah so um last point on this on this new nib given the choice If you had the choice, obviously we don't. Um, but if you had the choice, do you prefer the current platinum nibs or this new one? So this may be an unpopular opinion, but I prefer stiff nibs. I, I, I'm going to start hoarding the current nibs. I like them much better. The 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 wide shoulders, the current one. But you also like pilot nibs. But they're not really. I don't think pilot nibs are that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Li- anyway. I don't like pilot soft nibs. <laughs> I don't like pilot falcon nibs. I think the the standard pilot nibs are stiff enough. But actually, yeah, maybe this is heresy. Maybe I actually prefer the stiffness on 
platinum nibs. I think overall the QC on Pilot nibs is better, I think, especially when it comes to tipping and so on. But I really like, you know, the stiffness on the platinum nibs. Yeah. Maybe you'll become a maybe you'll become a platinum fanboy. I like the nibs. I don't like the rest of the pens. I actually just recently bought <laughs> a some old one with a music nib and I put the new put a music nib on a more interesting pen. So I think that's the way to do it. Which pen did you put it on? I had this Newton pen. So I don't even know what the model is on Realize Ebonite pen. And then I think oh, I think we talked about that before, but uh, this Indian pen maker can write. They make these nib units, like nibs, feeds, and housing that are compatible with Jovo. But it has different feeds than Jovo, and obviously different nibs than Jovo. But the uh, the housing, the threading on the housing is compatible. So we bought a whole bunch of those, and you know the nibs, I kind of threw them away. But but the feeds and the housing are perfect for this nib transplant so that's what i use to put it on a, a pen that expects a jova nib yeah and also the um the feeds are actually i think even better right yes than the original um Jovo ones. yeah they're quite wet if, if you're into that which yeah. you know if, if you're going to use a, a music nib which is what i have in this case you might as well have a wet nib oh wet yeah nib, sorry. that's right that's right all right um moving on uh i don't know if you pay attention to to the market overseas at all but a few days ago um sailor north america which is to say itoya um portfolio has released a new um north american exclusive actually it's a set of two pens mm. uh have you have you seen this I did listen to this week's Pen Edit podcast. I think I know what you mean, that the line friends one, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so the Sailor North America has, has come out with, uh, a, I guess they're a set, right? They're mm. a set of um, Pro Gear Slims, uh, one with uh, one with the line friend called Brown, and then... Um, the mm. other one is Sally, which is the duck. Mm. And immediately we got comments on, you know, on the post saying, hey, it's really weird. Um, why is this a North American exclusive? Mm. Um, and I, what, what do you what do you think about it? Do you have a, an opinion on that? My first thought is that maybe this is not Sailor USA or other like Itoya, whatever USA, uh, producing and asking for this. Maybe this is actually Sailor Japan thinking that line is popular elsewhere and it's not deciding that let's let's push this one to the US. But that would make more sense to me. Yeah. So, so in the in the comments. Um, some people were like, oh, my God, it's so cute. It's so nice. Mm. I love it. Blah, 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 blah. And some are like, oh, um, you know, this is so tone deaf. Um, why is this here? It has no cultural relevance. And um, I, I do wonder which is the, which is the I guess, um, motivator mm. for this release. Because... On one hand, I do know that the Taiwanese community in the United States uh, do heavily use Line because that's what folks in Taiwan use. Mm. So it's a very useful tool to communicate with family members back home. Obviously, the Japanese community um, there use Line to communicate with people here. We're actually recording this podcast right now on Line. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a you know there there's some kind of community there, but nonetheless, I think it's it's very very small, and um, Don, who is I believe the president of Itola, Itoya Portfolio, mm-hmm. says um, that the sales are are pretty good right now to the retailers, and uh, and they say, I think and hope this will be our biggest North America exclusive sailor pen to date. Sales to retailers have been very good so far. It's only been a few hours since we introduced it. So now it's a matter of whether everybody buys from them from the retailers. 
Also, BT21, which is the um, different group, uh, skews quite a bit, read a lot of a bit, according to surveys, younger. So we're going to focus on the line friends for now. I think we're a bit ahead of the curve here in North America, and it's just a matter of months before everybody knows what line is. I can't say too much more, but the wave is coming. So how limited is this edition? How many pens in total? It, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, but I expect there should be, um, you know, given what they've written, I would say at least 300 each, three, 400 each, maybe a bit more. Well, but in that case, I mean, surely there are, there are more than enough like, line users, line fans, even in the US uh, for that. So Who are also fountain pen people. Yeah, I think that that's that's reasonable, right? Um, I'm looking at the post draft now. I'm I'm more interested in something else, which is I always complain that all of these North American exclusives have these boring standard sailor nibs. This one has a custom laser engraved little cute was it bear and whatever the other thing is. <laughs> yeah, it's a duck. duck. Yeah, but um, it's quite expensive. It's it's. Almost like four hundred something dollars. Uh, so is this a full size? No, it's a slim for four hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's a slim. It's a slim. So it is. It is quite expensive, and I I suspect that maybe Line is asking for it to be pushed in North America mm. because of a marketing blitz that they want to do. In the next few months, but they have tried uh, many times before. I mean, this would not be by any stretch, you know, the first time Line is trying to get into Western markets, right? So, yeah, it, it's three hundred and sixty dollars. Sorry, so it's okay. I don't think it's unreasonably expensive, but you still have um, the licensing fees that you have to pay. Mm. That probably drives the price up, and. I mean, I, I do find it a bit strange how how come um, you know how come they bring it here, but in terms of the the pen itself, I agree with you. The exclusive finials and the exclusive nibs. I believe this is the first time that a U.S. exclusive or a North American exclusive has an exclusive nib, mm. right? Do you remember any others with with exclusive nibs? No, I don't. But to be honest, I don't really keep track of US exclusives that much. So I may have missed some. But we have complained. I have complained on the podcast that they all have boring standard sailor nibs. So I'm happy to see this. Yeah. So I think this is a good thing for, for the market. And I, and I hope it does well, actually. I hope it does really well mm. so we get more licensed characters. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, maybe... Potentially down the line, Yoseka's third pen can have a exclusive engraving. <laughs> you saw they they replied to our podcast and they told us that they tried, but it didn't. It wasn't possible this time, but maybe next time. Yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed. Yes. Um, another thing that I saw on the internet, uh, which is not available to us, is the third of the Manyo series. Yeah, it was, that's what you sent on Instagram, right? Let me bring it up right now. Yeah, so I, I shared with you a um, story by Muse Pens. And I guess people won't be able to see the story by the time the podcast comes out. But there are four new inks in the Manyo series uh, that we can see so far. Mm. Ayame, Hinoki, Koke, and Fuji. Yeah. And on the labels, it specifically says dual shading. And um, I was a bit taken aback by this because we've been to see Ishimaru-san a few times. And um, often we ask him, hey, we want, um, you know, we want sheening or we want, you know, this color shifting properties. And I believe he told the both of us, right? He said, don't ask me for the color shifting properties. I don't know how to do that. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I asked for that and he said, I have no idea how to, how to do that. It's just a happy accident. But then he made me a chroma shading ink. <laughs> yeah, and, and it seems like they're really nailing the, the color shifting properties mm. uh, with these four inks. I mean, they look very, very good, especially for me. The Ayame looks very, very nice. I'm sure they will be, be available at uh, Ancora. Ancora. Yeah. But even the, the recent release, um, the ones that change colors based on the paper, um, those are also color shifting inks too. So anyway, it's um, it's interesting. Maybe they've cracked the formula, mm. but I think they've they've got something going on there. You know, they, mm. they've got something good um, going on. And if they can continue this uh, and, and really take mm. a spot for themselves, you know, they're one of the only really large ink makers that do advertise this property. Mm. I think the the other makers that, or at least the ones that are really known for it, are like Troublemaker inks who, you know, just two blokes out of their kitchen. And also like Kaze inks from China. But those are not very easy to find at mm. all. Um, so, yeah, they, they'll be one of the only ones that do this and yeah, I think it's it's pretty exciting. So related to that, one thing you just said now is that these uh, Yurameko inks, they look different on different papers. Uh, going back to what we said, we talked about before with, you know, the platinum ink and what is trending in Japan. One thing that seems to be trending right now is ink that not only are chroma shading, but look different on different papers. I, mean, I think uh, Tone and Dims have had a few inks like that recently, and they're all over Instagram. So I think that... If if there if there is a trend in, right now among the numas in Japan, I think that might be it, or at least one of the trends. It's actually um, so I I've said on the podcast I don't really like that trend, mm. but it's it's funny because then it incentivizes users to use more of the mm. inks, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's yeah. also one reason why bank paper has become so popular. It's not that ink necessarily looks quote-unquote better whatever how you define better but it always looks significant uh, many inks i should say look significantly different on bank paper than on most other papers yeah uh, speaking of ink uh we mentioned the return of this um this event the other day but ink 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 has officially started jacob did you manage to go down and check it out I am going Sunday morning. Uh, I already got a report from Alessa. She went, I think, Wednesday and bought... <laughs> I think she, she is preparing a whole video right now. She, to no one's surprise, bought like a big bag full of ink. <laughs> yeah, she, she texted me too. And she said, um, she said she went and just spent so much money. But I, I heard that this green ink, which I believe is a Romeo ink, yeah. right? Um is uh is very very popular and they they're only limiting it to one per person that's that's usually a good way to to sell a lot of inks that, that that's how you know you, you need to buy one <laughs> yeah I, I don't really actually know too much about these romeo inks but um but they do look very nice uh you you said You've gotten a few Romeo inks before. You you said you know who makes them, right? No, so I yeah, I've been to um, Itoya and Yokohama a few times and that's where you normally buy this Romeo or the these cocktail inks and they have this cocktail bar and you can't just blend whatever you want. Instead you have these like recipes, like you said you want this number thirty seven Shanghai and then they blend it for you. Uh, on the spot and it takes like five minutes um, and they, they give you a bottle um, but I've asked them like twice where, where's the ink from what is the maker who makes these inks and they 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 won't tell me they even said they even told me this is a secret yeah yeah but the the event looks looks very popular I think um, all the good slots the quote-unquote good slots got sold out really quickly mm. so i'll be interested to to hearing what you have to say on sunday when you when you come back from from the event so you're not going then uh, i don't want to tempt myself um i've got too much ink got like several hundred bottles of ink so 
I just don't want to go and be like, oh, there's an ink that I can buy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I mean, even though I've been selling a lot of inks, I, I still have too many. So I usually, you know, I, I buy them, I do some swatches and I do some uh, Instagram posts and then I just like sell them at like fire sale prices on Mercari. Like I, I hold like big box full of inks to for like basically the, co- the cost of shipping. Yeah, I mean, and also I, I do get requests for, you know, people asking me, hey, can you go and get this ink for me? And I always tell them, you know, n- not really, because the cost of shipping inks is just, it's just way too high, right? You're spending like $40 on a, you know, $30 bottle of ink. Yeah, it's usually even more than that. So yeah, we talked before about how Japan Post has re- increased prices uh, recently, so now EMS to US, I think, starts at four four thousand. But usually, if you have one or two ink bottles, easily goes up to like six thousand yen. So that that's a lot lot of shipping to pay for one or two bottles of ink. Yeah. Um. Last thing, uh, before we close out the podcast, um, are you subscribed to the Hachimonja newsletters? Yeah, I, I don't know when I subscribe, but I, I get usually every Friday there's this uh, email about whatever they're going to release in the weekend. And there was a new glass pen, right, this weekend. There was a new glass pen, but I'm guessing you didn't scroll down. No, I just did. <laughs> I, I saw the glass pen and deleted it. So it sounds like I missed something. Then. They're releasing a new fountain pen. Mm. Um which uh, normally wouldn't make me blink twice, but um, Hachimonja is very well known for, I think, the pastel colors. I think that's what really made them super, super popular, yeah. uh, especially in the West as well as Japan. Um, you know, it, it started with like these jellyfish pen and then they had um, they had the amethyst rhyme. They had the uh, Ginzan snow gray. Mm. And then they had the Kubo Zakura. Yeah. And the Kubo Zakura was actually released, I think, almost two years ago now. So it's been quite a while mm. since they've released a new uh, fountain pen. Um, and those are always super, super popular. Uh, they get sold out within, like, just absolute... It's like minutes, yeah. you know? It's <laughs> maybe even seconds. If you, if, you, if you don't get it in, like, the first f- five six seconds you're gone mm. um and so they're always really in demand this time they're going to be releasing a new pen which is actually a little bit of a deviation from what they've released before uh i'm not quite sure how i am supposed to read this kanji um Maybe it's Tsukiyama, mm. Tsukiyama Blue Moon. I'm not really quite sure what the what the actual way to read it is, but let's just say it's Tsukiyama Blue uh, Blue Moon. This pen is actually not pastel at all. It's actually very very deeply saturated. It's it's a blue um, saturated pen with some translucency in the cap and I think the section and the finials. But also some nice uh, it, glitter or sparkles going on there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, on the body, they have uh, a lot of glitter, like micro glitter particles embedded throughout the body. Um, so, so they're saying that, yeah, it's a, um, the, the body is um, PMMA resin uh, with transparent uh, lame particles, glitter particles um, in the dark blue. Uh, I think well so to me the most interesting part of this release I mean you sent me the photos now is the price I mean I I would have expected another like 20,000 yen given how, how other shops are pricing their pens especially the most recent releases I mean compa- I mean this is significantly cheaper than that uh, the, sl- the the US slims that we talked about just before you know the um, the line pens right this is I mean two years ago we would have complained that this is outrageous price right but but by 2022 standards this is 
this is affordable for a for a limited edition pro gear well even at the strongest yen rates right this is um this is less than the exclusive that sailor north america just released right. yeah um and it's it's a handsome pen it's it's definitely a departure from what they've been doing mm-hmm. and i wonder if this means that we're going to have a new series um so they've done the pastel stuff we're going to have new series of um of pens i hope so as you said i think hachimonji has some of the most popular uh limited edition progress they, they really nailed these you know the, the translucency and the, the the colors i mean they do this better than almost anyone so usually whatever they do it, it's going to be hits yeah and um i'm going to try to get some of these um in time for the dc pen show but these look they look pretty handsome they look pretty handsome they, they look more uh i almost want to say they look a bit more masculine than than what they've traditionally released but maybe that's a good thing well if if they're sold out of their their oyaji decade pens then maybe they have uh, customers that would buy these as well yeah so really looking forward to the reception on on this pen um i wonder if it's gonna gonna be received well i, I hope so and i hope that we get a new um release uh, or a new series from Hachimonzia, which is based around these uh, glittering bodies, because the last series didn't have um, glitter particles. So we'll, we'll see. And Quay will be happy. Well, she wouldn't approve of the finials. Why not? They're not white socks. Yeah, but they have glitter particles in them. Yeah, we need to get her back on the podcast for her opinion on, on this pen. <laughs> you know, she should be awake now, so I'm going to send her um, send her some photos. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I think that's that's all we have for today. Anything that you wanna you wanna say before we kind of round out the episode? Just going back to you know the main topic, this uh, Kunisaki glass pen. I would encourage people to look at the show notes and you know follow the links and um, tell us whether we are right or wrong and what your opinion is on this. Yeah, and I will also um, send you some of the pictures that uh, Sincerely Spicy has sent mm. to me so that we can upload those on the on the show notes as well. Sure. Yeah. All right, and uh, so that's pretty much been the episode. Uh, thank you all so very much for listening. Uh, again, you can find us on our website uh, at tokyoinklings.com. We have an Instagram account now, at tokyoinklings. And uh, my name is CY. You can find me on uh, on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram at tokyostationpens, uh, TikTok as well, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a Fudo fan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at fudofan.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.